This is The School Bell, brought to you by Independent Schools Queensland, the peak body promoting, supporting and developing Queensland's independent schools. It was important for me to find a school that was suitable for both my kids. Parents are very savvy about school choice. That independent schools are providing what parents want. Highly accomplished and lead teachers are doing amazing things every day in the classroom. So for someone to stop and say, you know what, you are amazing, is a, is a really important thing. Hello, I'm Shari Armistead, Director, Strategic Relations at Independent Schools Queensland. Welcome to The School Bell. In this episode, I'm speaking with Queensland University of Technology Associate Professor Dr Jill Willis from the Faculty of Education, School of Teacher Education and Leadership. Welcome, Dr Willis. Now, uh, one positive from the COVID-19 has been the elevation of the teaching profession and the rapid change and transformation of leadership during that time of uncertainty that we're all living through at the moment. Among those leading the change were the highly accomplished and lead teachers that you've worked so closely with, especially with ISQ, and we'll examine the impact of those teachers a little later with you. But firstly, in the lead up to World Teachers Day, which will be celebrated on the 30th of October, have you got a message for teachers? Oh, thank you, Shari. My message to teachers is congratulations on choosing an amazing profession. Um, So much of your time is spent catering to the needs of others and investing in them. I hope you take the time to really just congratulate yourself and feel good about being a teacher. That's a nice message, Jill. Thank you. And uh, why is it taking that while we're taking that time to acknowledge and celebrate our teachers? Can you tell us why you think that's important, particularly this time of year? Well, if I think back to what's happened this year, that teachers have been like this golden thread of meaning and of connection and of support that have kept families and communities just hanging in there. Um, I just think of the amazing work that teachers have done to flip their practice in new ways, try things that might have felt scary, but they've just gone, I need to do this for my students. And in the process of discovered new talents, you know, new friends and new possibilities. I'm, I'm so proud to be a teacher. Necessity is the mother of invention, isn't it? So we've all had to learn on the run at the moment. So that's great. And it's wonderful, as you say, you've got to be proud to be a teacher, Mm. especially at this time of year and um, with COVID-19 and the whole of 2020, really. Before we get into the work that you've been doing with ISQ, Jill, we just want to get to know you a little bit better first about your background. And firstly, what inspired you to take up a teaching career? Well, I... I think I always wanted to be a teacher. I really liked um, helping people. I like listening. I like trying to problem solve. I like drawing on the board. (laughs) Um, But when I explained that to some of my high school teachers, they said, oh, I would be a teacher. And I sort of put it to the side and went off to study um, arts law, which you did when you were good with words and you were a girl. Um, But towards the end of that first year, my family were in a pretty serious car accident and that made me stop and think why am I letting other people tell me what to do so that's when I decided nope I'm going to be a teacher. Was your family okay how about an accident? Was oh it? thank you yes they they were all okay it was it was enough to cause us all to pause and think and it was just a little bit before my law exam so I went yeah this is not actually how I want to spend my life so once they were recovered 
I finished off my arts degree and went and trained and did a grad dip to be an English history and um, English and history secondary teacher. Then headed off to regional Queensland where I had a wonderful time teaching in state schools and independent schools. And during that time just kept coming up against research and wanting to extend myself and did my master's and my PhD while I was working part-time and raising kids and studying part-time. Many people will be doing exactly the same thing um, as your listeners. And then I had an opportunity to come up at QUT. So um, took that because being able to teach teachers is almost as good as being able to teach students. That's wonderful. (laughs) So your real catalyst for change, that accident, wasn't it? Because it really got you into a whole different area of one that really in touch with yourself again and your first love, which is teaching. Yes. And It meant that now whenever a young person or a career changer talks to me about wanting to be a teacher, I don't say, why would you want to be a teacher? And I don't moan and groan about the conditions. But I do say, if you love students and you really enjoy learning yourself and that you want a career where it's always changing, where you get to be creative, where you get to be uh, a problem solver who can make good things happen, certainly consider it. So how has it changed the profession over the years that your career, how have you seen the change? Yeah, well, I start, my first year of teaching was in 1989 and we didn't have email. And I remember if we wanted to get in touch with someone within the school or parents, it was your phone or you left a note in someone's pigeonhole. I think I did more walking, but <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> it wasn't a bad thing. I think, um, Certainly the pace of teaching has changed. There were actually weeks when I started teaching where things were quite relaxed and calm. It wasn't always intense. So I think the intensity of teaching has changed over time. But so too has the opportunity for connection and to um, do more than just within your local school. So I think that's a really big positive change. Back in 2012, the federal, state and territory education ministers all endorsed a new program to allow Australian teachers to voluntarily submit themselves to a rigorous program that will demonstrate their expertise in teaching practice. That's namely, of course, the highly accomplished or lead teachers, or HALT for short. So the most, they're the most advanced career stages of the Australian professional standards for teachers. Um, so what is your reaction to that development of the HALT teaching? I was really excited because what this started was made the national conversation about teaching really prominent. I love the fact that highly accomplished and lead teacher is a name that encompasses what it means. You know, we have some teachers who are not just accomplished, but highly accomplished and leading teachers. I think it's a bit of a shame that the acronym is the opposite, HALT, because the whole thing is to make sure that they don't stop. They don't halt doing what they're doing, but they stay in the classroom and they keep influencing people. So the opportunity to be nationally recognised, I think, was, is a big step forward. And so that's really important. Is that why it's important, because of that national recognition? Well, I think it's not only recognition. So highly accomplished and lead teachers are doing amazing things every day in the classroom. So for someone to stop and say you know what, you are amazing is a, is a really important thing. I know many schools are taking the opportunity to embed this process in to recognise in other ways, whether that is extra time or leadership opportunities or, or related to pay increments. 
But I think one of the things that I'm seeing is that highly accomplished and lead teachers are starting to network with one another. And so they are sharing practice all around Australia. And when I did start teaching, it was in a regional rural high school and the opportunity to find good ideas was a little bit harder. If I was able to network with other amazing teachers and then for them to just trigger, oh, I could do that. That's our source of professional renewal as well. And I think one more thing is not just the connection between these teachers, but I think very clever schools and systems are able to um, build on their work to re-energise our whole profession. I think that's a really big step for Australia. Sounds that actually, and the way you put it. I love the way you said, object to the acronym stopping you with HALT. That is a good idea to say. Maybe we've got to find and flip that somehow. Don't no, HALT. Don't HALT, yeah, no, it's tricky. It is tricky. So ISQ became a HALT certifying authority in 2017 and we accepted our first group of aspirants in 2018. Since then, we've got 86 independent school teachers who have achieved the HALT certification through ISQ and they're among seven 750 nationwide. That's a pretty big number. Are you happy about that uptake? Look, congratulations, ISQ, because in the whole scheme of things, ISQ teachers are a really high proportion of that. But can I say that when you look at how many teachers there are in Australia, the total number of HALTs is actually like 0.2%. And there are going to be so many more highly accomplished and lead teachers out there. I think we're just starting to get the momentum. And it could be that people just don't know enough about the process. That could be part of it. But certainly ISQ's process that we've been researching is a really supportive and positive way to engage with it if you are a teacher who's contemplating it. So you've worked with ISQ, as you said, on the uh, HALT program. So can you tell us what you've learned while you've been working with our schools? Mm. So we're in stage two of a research project, so we're currently doing some research now. But in stage one, we were able to have a look at some of the portfolios of highly accomplished and lead teachers. These are people who had put together their stories and had been accredited. And we looked at, well, what are all of the ways that they have drawn on the evidence and told their stories? And then we also surveyed them and also followed up with some interviews. So what a, it was a great piece of research because we're only talking to amazing teachers about their amazing practice. So, you know, good news all around. I wasn't surprised, therefore, to find the number of wonderful things they were doing. What was interesting is the variety. So you had prep teachers, secondary manual arts teachers, language teachers, specialist literacy teachers, high school maths teachers, all different types of teachers. So you couldn't just say, here, just show me this one bit of evidence and it relates to everybody. So we got to hear stories from everybody and we got this, see, there was um, a number of Holtz used this uh, story of about a ripple effect. So it not only was professionally renewing for them, but also for their peers, for their students, for their schools. And a number of these teachers have a worldwide impact. They're sharing their evidence, they're sharing their ideas within national and international networks. And so there's this giant ripple effect that was a really nice surprise. But I want to tell you something that was 
Most surprising was even though it took a while to do this, the teachers who did it said, actually, it has ended up saving me time. Wow, because as you would expect that there's a lot more yep. work that's involved in doing something because it's so rigorous like this and it has to be. And how does it save them time? Well, in the process of standing back and looking at teaching, they started to recognise, well, what are the things that are really effective about my practice? And what are some things that, you know, I don't have to do this anymore. I could let go of this and I can be a different kind of teacher. I think as teachers, we live our life and fast forward. It's get these things done in the next half hour, get these things done today, get this thing done this week. And we're always looking to the next, to the next. So the whole process invites you to step back and do a bit of time travel where you go, oh, why did I start that? And where did that come from? And what impact has it had? And you kind of have this step back from the pressure. And that has, um, the consistent message was, it's been an amazing source of professional renewal. And that was exciting to hear. I was going to say, did that excite you? Oh, absolutely. Anything that is different to the story that gets told in the media about poor old teachers who are under pressure and burning out and who would want to be a teacher, I get really excited about. I do think that teacher conditions are something that needs addressing, but I also think that that story can cloud the good news story of what's happening every day in classrooms. And I think the Holt story is a really good news story. And is, it's obviously a repeated story because that must have been exciting for you in the research to see that story told again and again that it actually helped them to reflect and look back and find even more time for doing great teaching. I think the impressive thing about um, independent schools Queensland, one of the impressive things, is that it represents so many different types of schools in different contexts. So... When we've got a set of national standards that are applied across the board, people can sometimes treat them like they're a recipe and everybody's got to look exactly the same. And what we found was this diversity of evidence can speak to these same set of standards, but in really rigorous and interesting ways. So you don't have to look like the same teacher at even the classroom next door to yours. It it is an opportunity to acknowledge the diversity of excellence that we've got in Australia. How important is the principle in the whole process? I'd say really important. And this is where ISQ's process differs from many other crediting jurisdictions. So in ISQ's process, the principal's involved at the start in helping nominate someone. And that can include tapping someone on the shoulder who may be too humble or too busy to know that this is something that might be of benefit to them. And sometimes it's about saying, I don't think you're quite ready. You know, give it a little bit more time. So the principal is someone um, to help uh, enrol somebody in the process, but they can also provide some support. So again, another unique feature of ISQ's approach is that um, the principal's required to provide some time to not only attend workshops, but also a mentor to help them. Because you can imagine, once you start digging around and going, oh, let me look at my practice, you may find things that you're going, that's actually not as good as I would have liked it to be. And for highly accomplished and lead teachers, a bit of an identity crisis can occur where you go, oh. And so having a mentor to talk you into, you know what, everyone has areas to improve, that's okay. Or 
you've actually not recognized you are amazing at this and this and this. You take that for granted, but that's not everybody's story. So the mentor is um, provided, I guess, supported by the principal. And finally, it's all very nice if a highly accomplished or lead teacher can tell this story, but if it just sits in an email, PDF or a web-based thing and no one ever knows about it, I don't think that's the full extent of what the benefit could be. So clever school leaders have been able to say to their highly accomplished um, uh, teacher, a lead teacher, tell me more about this. What could we do to help you flourish even more? How can we connect you into our whole school improvement? And if there are groups of people undertaking highly accomplished and lead teacher work, what can be done? And we um, were able to interview a principal who's doing this and this school renewal has been really remarkable and energising. And I think that's why the principle's important. It's that real sharing of the practice as well Absolutely. as acknowledgement, of course. But that knowing if you tell people, then there's more things that they can help you with, but also you could maybe be helping them. And I think, I again, ISQ's had a really successful and positive approach where they've approached this whole process as a professional learning spiral of inquiry. That's part of the um, cult that's being built where this is approached as just do it if you want to pay your eyes I think that's still a valid approach but it's probably not as um, expansive or generative and how important is it then once because as you said you might see this as a progression as a leadership tool then if they want to go off and then become principals or something else how important is it to actually keep some of those teachers at the front of the classroom I think at the in the classroom is where the learning happens for children every day, for teachers as they work out, well, that didn't happen quite as I expected. How do I adapt this or how do I build on this? Um, I know school principalship isn't off the table for highly accomplished and lead teachers. Some people may see it as a stepping stone, but equally, you can influence a lot of change and achieve a lot of those important goals that you might have for yourself as to influence others through um, what would we'd call middle leadership or informal leadership, especially with our technology where you can, you can be an international podcaster sitting in an office in Brisbane and not be a school leader and have amazing influence. Um, I think highly accomplished and lead teacher just recognises that we're in the 21st century, we don't have just one pathway to influence anymore. So what should parents in the community know about these exceptional teachers? Well, that teacher that you think is wonderful for your child, they are. They are probably world-class. Um, there are more, many more highly accomplished and lead teachers than we have yet to recognise. And so if you are a community member or a parent and you know of one of these excellent teachers, maybe ask, are you, have you undergone the highly accomplished and lead teacher um, process? If not, why not? We want to be able to recognise you and to celebrate you. Um, I think this is something that will continue to grow in Australia. So when you hear um, someone is a halt, it's not that they're stopping teaching, but they are actually an outstanding teacher. That's great. So what should, um, what's the next stage of your research, Jill? What a good question. We're currently interviewing a number of our 
um, recently recognised halts and we were able to work with a number of them early this year before COVID and have a look at some of their draft portfolios and we're going to follow up and look at their final ones. So I think one of the major stumbling blocks for people to applying is it can be a time-consuming process. I don't think... We'll see what we can do to recommend some more efficient ways of doing it. But also the practice of just putting your story on the page with evidence is actually an uncomfortable and maybe an unfamiliar one for many teachers. Our pre-service teachers have to do it now to graduate. They have to do it to get registered. They're a little bit more familiar, but if it's been a while, just getting it on the page can be quite tricky. So we're looking for ways to make it easier for teachers to tell their stories. And then what we would love to do is to be able to follow up with these highly accomplished and lead teachers in their schools and see what's the long-term impact of having some of these teachers in your schools. Because we actually think it would have a really important impact on school achievement and student learning. So some longitudinal... That's our, that's our hope, yeah. Well, it is fairly new still, isn't it? It so is still quite new. That seems like a very important thing to do. I'd like to finish by reading a very short excerpt from the address that you gave after receiving the 2020 ASIL Miller-Grassi Award for Outstanding Leadership in Education. Now, you said to the teachers and leaders of their work in 2020, and I quote, You have shown strength in vulnerability, sometimes failing in front of others and modelling how that is okay. Learning is living on the edge of competence and sometimes falling before getting back up, having learned more, end quote. Now, they are the words that will resonate for many in 2020. What is your final message for our HALTS, for all the teachers and educators? Well, 2020 has been a year where your work has been more visible to more people than ever before. And they have seen you learning on the edge of your competence. You've had to jump into new technologies, new ways of assessing, new teams, new relationships, and all the while taking care of the um, confidence and the emotion and the trust with the people that you work with. Um, well done. Just congratulations, just for still standing and for being there. But I think that is the kind of learning that's going to have an impact for your students for their entire lives. When they look back and see how you, you modelled that learning, that's going to sustain them when their learning gets tough. So congratulations teachers on World Teacher Day and every other day for being people who make change happen for lots of people. Dr Jill Willis, thank you for joining The School Bell. You have been listening to The School Bell, an independent schools Queensland podcast. To learn more about Independent Schools Queensland, visit our website, isq.qld.edu.au. To catch our next episode or listen to some previous podcasts, you can subscribe to ISQ's The School Bell on iTunes or Google Play. You can also listen via our website or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) 